You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds 10 pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. Welcome back to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Final segment of the uh, episode for this week, and uh, it's a good one. Uh, we're going to speak with uh, Mark Citron, the uh, voice of the Chicago Steel, in a second. Uh, he had a great call at the end of the uh, last series uh, for the Chicago Steel uh, as they get set to uh, go to the Clark Cup Final. This is a goal that sent them to the Clark Cup Final. Came in overtime, obviously uh, an emotional moment, and a goal call that uh, well, once you've heard it, you won't ever forget it. Now listen, I've done some things on Oil King broadcasts, usually the teddy bear toss goals, um, because traditionally we do something goofy for uh, teddy bear toss goals. Um, I mean, I sang Adele for Pete's sake one year, uh, and I've done uh, you know traffic reports and anything just to have a little bit of fun. Uh, I've never done animal sounds. Maybe I should add that to the repertoire, but uh, take a listen. This is uh, Mark Citron, voice of the Chicago Steel, with an overtime goal call that uh, you will not soon forget. Take a listen. To the point, down, fires, deflected, Bussy, a pad save. Loose in front, Fonte gets it, he scores! He scores! It's over! It's over! Got our Walt Fonte! The guy who did the goal call is my guest now, uh, Mark Citron, the voice of the uh, Chicago Steel. Mark, I got to ask you because I, I've done some things on uh, my uh, broadcast of the Edmonton Oil King games um, that uh, maybe I've regretted after I've done it uh, because they get played mm-hmm. over and over. Uh, I've never howled, though. Uh, I, I totally tip my cap to you uh, for having the balls to do it. Uh, any regrets now? Oh, <laughs> uh, heck no. It's interesting <laughs> because I did earlier in the year. There's an intense game against Youngstown. Uh, I think it was January or whatever it was, but he ended up scoring the game winner in overtime. And it was actually the boys gave me some trouble after this one. That how was ten out of ten. They were they loved that one. This one they they didn't like the beginning of it, but you know they they loved it. Obviously the energy and uh, but there's other guys on the team that have nicknames with other animals, so. <laughs> Um, for example, Master Simone, his nickname is Ducky or the Duck Man. So I've, I, I just quacked, uh, against the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders when he iced that game. And I did some quacks, got some chirps from the fans, but it's, it's all good fun. I mean, so, and, and you know, Owen Power, he's a Canadian boy. I did the, I call him the big dog, you know, so I start barking. Uh, he, when he scores, it, usually the animal sounds don't, if it's, a, it's either a big moment or if the game is out of reach, a 4-1 or something like that, because you can't do that and not win the game, right? You yeah. can't have fun with it and not win, but it's all fun at the end of the day. So I, I, I love doing it. There's just something inside me, maybe I'm part animal, but, uh, you know, the people above, so, you know, I've gotten some professional, you know, feedback and some of them say, hey, don't, send that to the leagues above, you know, and whatnot. But I think it, it makes a you different in, in a unique way and brings out energy in the game. And the boys love it and the fans love it. So, you know what, uh, I'm going to do my thing. But I, I love the animal noises. And the howl is just one of them. So that's the best part. 
I think it's terrific. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, having fun uh, during a broadcast. I think it adds right. personality to uh, to the broadcast as well. So, uh, no, kudos to you. All right. Uh, well, big times uh, for the Chicago Steel uh, and the USHL as the uh, Car Cup final gets going this weekend. The Steel taking on the Sioux Falls Stampede. Uh, and we're going to set up that uh, that series. Uh, now, it's been best of fives up to this point. Is it still a best of five in, in the final as well? It is. Yes, wow. it is. Only league I can think of that doesn't uh, play a best right? of seven uh, in a series. But, oh, whatever. It's, no. Uh, at least it's uh, the same for both teams, and uh, it doesn't change uh, throughout the playoffs. But um, set the table for us. Uh, how do you put this head-to-head matchup? Uh, what's it going to look like uh, when these two teams meet? Oh, boy. I think... You know, I want to say we're going to have some offensive explosion at some points, but, you know, playoff hockey, you really never know, but I think there's just too much talent to go around on both sides of the ice. I think starting with Sioux Falls, they got a lot of good rookies up front offensively and um, as well just regularly guys that haven't been rookies, but they just are, they can roll four lines. They have a lot of depth up front and, that goes along with us, speed, skill, just a lot of young guys, young talent. I mean, the, they can put the puck in the back of the net. But on paper, I mean, both goaltenders have been fabulous. So uh, in, in Sioux Falls has been the top goals against team defensively in the league. And, I mean, when those two kind of collide, we'll see what happens. And, you know, playing in their barn, they're the best home team in the league, haven't lost in the playoffs, only lost five games in regulation all year long. So it's going to be important for the Steel to get off to some fast starts in these games. But I think it's it could be a classic series, hopefully, here. It should be a fun one. Well, Sioux Falls right now, they're hot. They've won five in a row. They swept the Tri-City Storm, which uh, is all, the players from that team almost swept all the uh, the awards. Uh, for the USHL this season. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people expected they might be the, te- the team to beat in the playoffs, but the uh, Stampede swept them aside fairly easily, uh, at least on paper. It was a, a short series, so it looks like an, an easy series. When the Steel and the Stampede played this year, uh, how many times would they have played, and do you remember what the record was? Oh, yeah. We played twice, the Stampede, and they're crazy games, honestly. Uh, the first one was here in Sioux Falls, 8-6. to six deal loss, but there's a couple of factors I thought in that. We actually had a few travel issues, um, and I hate, I'm the last guy to make excuses, but, I mean, I thought that game was, it was just high scoring. Again, as I mentioned a couple moments ago, until the third period, I thought we lost our legs a little bit in that one, and so they ended up taking a few goals in that third period and taking it, and then the the Seven to four loss the Steel had, so we were the Steel were zero and two against Sioux Falls. We lost on home ice. I thought we played the best fifteen minutes of hockey I maybe have ever seen, just in general on every level: AHL, NHL, uh, hockey, USHL, whatever it is. That the Steel played the first fifteen minutes of that game, it was just something I've never seen before. We were up two nothing, could have been five nothing, and then. Chicago took a couple penalties. We we took one, and then they scored late in the first. And Sioux Falls scored six unanswered. Yeah, I mean, and the Steel are never out of it. We they chip back. They always fight. Have a lot of character and resiliency. But they didn't take it. Having said that, it's the postseason. These teams have both now come a long way since then. But it's important to note though the way those games came out, and we'll see 
if defensively both of them tighten up. I know Sioux Falls has and Chicago has, but there's just so much firepower to go around with both of these teams. It's I, I can't wait for the puck drop. Max Crozier leads the uh, Stampede in scoring in the playoffs. He's got 10 points, uh, three goals out of those 10 points uh, in uh, nine playoff games. Uh, they have Ryan Johnson on the back end, draft eligible this year. Is there a, a, a one area that's sort of maybe the biggest concern for Chicago going into this series, uh, a problem or a, a challenge that Sioux Falls uh, provides that, uh, that they're going to have to overcome? I mean... Besides their offense, I always look at just personally special teams. Uh, the Steel have been better here throughout the playoffs since their first round with Cedar Rapids. The first couple of games was a little shaky, um, I thought, special teams play. And I'm going to be curious to see how the Steel PK does against this power play. Uh, I believe, I don't know the exact number, but their power play was just lethal against us in those two games. And, again, he got a lot of firepower. He can't steal the most disciplined team in the USHL throughout the year consistently, but he, he can't take penalties. He can't take more than just a couple penalties a game. Uh, I'm just curious in that department to see where the steal will stack up. Penalty kill, again, has gotten better. Uh, since going three for six against Muskegon, he won 19-21. And, uh, but again, eventually if you have the firepower and you have the right components on a power play, we're, we're not just in the second round now. This is the Clark Cup house. You just can't afford to go to the box, even if you've been consistent that all year long. So I'll keep an eye on that one uh, for sure. Mark Citron is the voice of the Chicago Steel, uh, getting ready for the Clark Cup final beginning on Friday uh, down in the USHL. Uh, all right, if the Chicago Steel are going to have success in this series, who are the guys that are going to lead the way? Well, I'm going to start with your goaltender because it always starts from your back end. And Justin Robbins has been a guy that it's been fabulous to watch him grow this year for us. And it's it's all shining in the playoffs right now. He's been absolutely spectacular. He's making the right saves at the right times. Even in some tense situations, he's looked so calm and balanced. And that for a guy that is not a big goaltender, um, I mean, easily under six feet tall, but he's just done such a tremendous job this year working on all aspects of his game. Starts with him, and then moving up front, the steel been led by two guys, Robert Mastro Simone, Boston University commit, projected to be early second-round pick, probably. I mean, you don't know if these scouts or whatever it is, but the things I've seen from him just all year long, and uh, the privilege it is to watch him play is marvelous. 200 foot game. He's so you can't be sleeping when this guy's on the ice. He'll pickpocket. He'll steal pucks from you on breakouts and in the neutral zone. And then offensively, he's got a heck of a release, and he makes his teammates better uh, with the puck. And then Nick Abrazizi is a guy that has just kind of came out of nowhere. He was a guy that played for the Steel last year, and um, this year he just Man, he came out of the woodworks and just was the USHL point total winner, but he just worked so hard on the puck for a guy that's only 5'9". I don't know. I forget his exact weight. I think he's like a buck sixty, buck sixty-five more. Mm-hmm. But he, I call him the bull shark because he's absolutely nasty on the puck and in front of the net and all those dirty, greasy areas where you score goals. It's, I call him the bull shark because he's not the biggest shark in the ocean, but boy, you do not want to mess with bull sharks. They'll tear you up. 
Nick Abrazizi still has done just that. Him and Mastro Simone leading the way as well here in the playoffs in the USHL scoring. But uh, also want to give some credit to our captain, Matteo Pietroniero, for a guy you talk about, Max Crozier, defensively. Well, this guy on and off the ice as a leader. Uh, this team wouldn't be here without him. He's just a marvelous kid. 49 points in the regular season, 18 goals, 31 assists. Uh, but he, he just provides more than just stats on and off the ice for the steel. So I'm looking for the big guns to do that. But again, a lot of depth on the steel team as well for the cushion and support that these guys need here to break through and win the Clark Cup. Uh, you mentioned, uh, uh Bruzy, you, you consider him a, a bull shark. If, uh, if he scores a goal, what's the sound effect <laughs> for that? <laughs> it's funny because Master Simone always asked me. I, I mean, <laughs> I always just do like a, <laughs> I don't do it on the air, but you know, I joke around like a little splash and, uh, I mean, <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, I've had the master Simone on the show earlier this year. Enjoyed that conversation a lot. Another guy who's draft eligible is the Wolfman himself, uh, Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, uh, <laughs> missed last year's draft day, uh, by one day, right? I mean, he's a September 16th birthday. Um, so he just missed, uh, the, uh, 2018 NHL draft, um, by, uh, a few Ooh. hours. Um, and I know there's been a bit of a push from the organization to get him some attention, and he's on a bit of a hot streak right now, isn't he? Tell us about Gunnar Wolf. Oh, I mean, uh, head coach Craig Moore, he said this guy adds an element to this team that's irreplaceable. I mean, he has uh, explosive speed uh, that gets him first on pucks, but he's so hard on pucks, and he's so good on the forecheck, and he just makes he, – he's so good at getting to the battles first, winning the battles making his teammates better and being a playmaker. And then, yeah, he actually didn't score his first goal of the year until December. And then ever since then, I think he's been one of the best players in this league. Uh, he just lit fire. And, he I mean, he just has a marvelous all-around offensive game. And, uh, again, he, he really is an X factor, though, for this team. And that's where I talk about you can have Master Simone, you can have Abrazizi, but again, it's the the guys like Gunnar Wolfontein and Christian Sarlo, and you know some guys that don't even get enough recognition. Uh, Fontaine, he he really is a sleeper, though. Uh, any team luck, lucky enough to see that and take advantage of that should he he's a marvelous talent. So he um, could be another X factor here in this series. Will be interesting to see what transpires but now the wolf is uh it's amazing some of the stuff he does and uh, that's the beauty of the game uh now the series starts in uh, sioux falls uh how big of a challenge is home ice uh, disadvantage for chicago oh i mean it's huge uh i don't i take it one game at a time mentality but as i mentioned before they're they're really there's something on home ice i, I don't really uh i wouldn't say not not a knock against the rest of the league but i'd say they're the team that if you need home ice and they didn't even get it against Waterloo, and they beat Waterloo. But they, they're they so good in their own building. Um, and I think for the Steel, it goes for our ways an advantage in our building as well. But uh, it's it's going to be important that the Steel uh, – We talk, you talked to think the first thing you said on this show was it's not a best-of-seven series. And that's where you have to get at least one, though. you got to get one win going home. Um I mean, because you're down 2-0, it's, it's, I don't care if you're going home, it's, there's so much more pressure, I think, 
on you rather than 1-1 where you're going home and you kind of have control of the series in a way with momentum potentially. So it's going to be crucial to get at least one here. So um, we'll see. I think the Steel Show, they love these big games uh, in these rinks and in front of all these fans. Sioux Falls has had the best attendance. I think it's been five years in a row now in the league, but our fellas love showing up uh, in front of the crowds and they feed off it. So, We'll see if they can take it home back to Fox Valley uh, with the lead or at the worst, a split. It's going to be a tough challenge, though. Game one on Friday night, game two on Sunday, and then uh, you basically got uh, the week off and uh, game three uh, the following Friday in Chicago. Uh, well, Mark, listen, I really appreciate your time. How do uh, fans uh, who can't get there, how do they listen or uh, watch the games? <laughs> okay, it's, it's Mixler, the app, M-I-X-L-R. Mixler and just search Chicago Steel for free. You get to listen to me, hopefully some animal voices uh, and some references going on. Uh, it should definitely be uh, a fun time, but that's how you can check the, check us out. And uh, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure and can't wait for this series as a hockey guy, you know, just uh, eagerly awaiting to drop the puck Friday night. should be an, an incredible series and, uh, We'll see what happens. But, again, thanks a lot for having me. No problem. Have a great call, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That is Mark Citron, the uh, voice of the Chicago Steel. Uh, thanks for his time and a uh, great setup and preview of the USHL's Clark Cup Final, which begins uh, tonight in Sioux Falls. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. It's been a really long one. Uh, thanks to all five of the guests that you heard from earlier. Wanted to uh, mention a couple things. Thanks to everybody who signed up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show you can hear, have heard all of these interviews for the last well the one i did with ross mclean was on monday so you've had all week basically to hear that one exclusively uh, available early access to patrons at patreon.com slash the pipeline show a couple of the 2019 draft spotlights the adam beckman one the uh, bobby brink one were like uh, on tuesday I spoke with uh, Spencer Knight, I believe it was on, uh, that one was Thursday, so that one was just yesterday, uh, but it, depending on what day of the week, I mean, you could have two or three days uh, to hear some of these interviews before the general public. A couple of bucks a month is all it takes, and you can have early access as well. The other thing I wanted to point out, uh, yesterday here locally on TSN 1260, Jason Greger, uh, the Jason Greger show, uh, they had uh, he had Corey Graham in studio for an hour. Corey Graham the uh, voice of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who uh, was not able to be the voice of the Oil Kings this past season. Uh, I've been asked several times, uh, uh, pretty much every game the Oil Kings played this year, somebody asked me, how's Corey, where's Corey, what's what's happening with Corey? Well, yesterday he was in studio with Jason Greger, explained the whole thing. Jason also wrote up a big piece, uh, which you can find at Oilers Nation, OilersNation.com, OilersNation.ca, just Google it. Uh, with a sit-down interview, it was basically a big sit-down interview with uh, Corey and uh, his wife, Nicole. So if you're one of the people who has been asking me basically since last summer, uh, where's Corey and uh, why isn't he behind the mic of the Oil Kings? Uh, basically, all I've been able to say, and that's out of respect for Corey and his wish for privacy, was that he had extensive back surgery. He's not back uh, feeling 100% or, or well enough to go ride a bus you know, on the, uh, the U.S. road trip. Uh, or uh, carry his uh, equipment around and stuff like that. Uh, there, there are very good reasons for that, and he explains all of that yesterday with the Jason on the Jason Greger show and in that article at Oilers Nation. So go check that out, and then you'll understand uh, and get the update on what's happening with Corey Graham. 
Next week on the show, it's going to be the Memorial Cup Coaches Show. Might also become the Memorial Cup Coaches or General Managers Show as a really short uh, turnaround for some of these teams. Unlike the Frozen Four, where you've got basically 10 days where you go from the regionals to the Frozen Four, much bigger gap and and more openings to, to book interviews. This literally could be a couple of days from, you know, if some of those series go seven games and they're playing on Monday, they're probably, you know, flying out Tuesday or Wednesday out to Halifax. And then when you get to the, the actual Memorial Cup, there's uh, there's a big banquet and things. So it's a real hectic, tight schedule. So coaches might not be as available. Um, so we might go with the uh, GMs this year. We'll leave it up to the teams. Hopefully we get a representative from all four teams. Well, that's the plan for next week here on the program. Uh, Until then, get out and watch some junior hockey, prospect hockey, so that you and I can talk about it here next week on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Guy Flaming. See ya.